นโมตัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะนโมตัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะนโมตัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะพุทธังธรรมังสังขังนมัสสามิ This is a, a very um, uh, delightful occasion. Uh, I'm sure uh, people have heard this was all a, a bit of a surprise. The um, uh, afternoon of Thursday, July the 25th, I was at two o'clock in the afternoon. I was sitting in the office about to begin a building committee meeting, and uh, Sevira appeared in the doorway with her phone. And said something very quickly in uh, in Thai, and I thought she's very happy. I wonder what she's happy about. And uh, so then she told me that these uh, uh, titles had been bestowed upon uh, Lumpur Sumato, Lumpur Psanno, uh, Ajahn Jayasaro, and myself, and that the ceremony was going to be on Sunday, the 28th. So uh, since she's an extraordinarily efficient secretary, then. All of the threads got pulled together, and I managed to get on a plane in good time to to get to Thailand. And uh, it was a very a wonderful opportunity um, to uh, say represent the community because uh, Lumpur Sumato um, has was just about to be 85 years old, and he's a very intuitive person. And uh, he was in Canada at the time, which is 11 time zones away from Bangkok. And so he, he said he reflected and realized, no. I can't do it because it's not just a matter of going for one single ceremony. It's also uh, you wait for three or four hours, or four or five hours for the ceremony to begin, and then after the ceremony, you have to visit uh, various uh, elders and senior members of the community, and then there's ten thousand of your devotees who want to say, "Oh, I'm so happy." So uh, his intuitive wisdom said, "No." So Lumpur Pasanno, myself, Ajahn Jayasaro were able to be there. And, and we all felt indiv individually how the awards had our, our name on, but really this was a, a gesture of appreciation from His Majesty the, the King, uh, Rama X, and also the people of Thailand for the teachings and practice embodied in the life of Lumpur Cha and the Sangha that he helped bring into being and has been sustained uh, all these years. Uh, Pocha passed away in 1992, uh, so that's a, you know, a long, long time ago now. Uh, and so, uh, since his his passing away, the branch monasteries have continued to increase in number and to to spread uh, around the world. So his uh, the strength of his teaching and the the usefulness, the practical application of his teaching, his way of practice. Uh, is continuing to prove to be something of great value in the world. So uh, uh, we all felt very honored to be uh, asked to be representatives for this community. But we all had the, the, the same, uh, say, recognition or understanding. This is a, a way of honoring this mode of practice and the value of the Theravada uh, teachings and the, the way of, of practice as embodied in uh, Lumpucha's uh, teachings and the forest monasteries of Thailand and the Dhamma Vinaya that uh, we aim to sustain.
through these communities, that it is something that is a blessing, uh, a boon, something that is of immediate value, practical value to people all over the world, not just Thailand. Uh, as I was sitting here, uh, the different people from our monastic community coming up, um, explaining what the nationalities were to Tanjokun uh, Mahalao, and they said, oh, this one, she's a Venezuelan Dutch, uh, this one is from uh, Czech Republic. This one is from Japan. This one's from Korea. <laughs> so we have uh, over 20 nationalities living here amongst the Sangha. So it's a representation of how the Buddha Dhamma is able to benefit uh, people all around the world, irrespective of nationality, irrespective of language, irrespective of our social conditioning, whether we come from a, a communist country or a Catholic country or or a, a skeptical materialist country, uh, whatever our background is, or if we come from a Buddhist country, you know, obviously the, the teachings are, are found to be applicable, they're valuable, they really help people's lives. The, um, uh, I, I only found out a few days ago that along with the new name, which I have to memorize, uh, Pra Raja Bhutivaraguna, Bhutivaragun, uh, there's a string of kind of honorifics that, that come after it. I didn't realize that till uh, a, couple, a few days ago. And uh, this was read out admirably by Sudanta. Uh, not, uh, not easy to do, uh, with very, very little rehearsal. But the, the first of those little uh, honorifics, those extra titles that come after the name, is uh, Vipula Sasana Kichadhara. Vipula, vipula, meaning uh, ex expansive or abundant. Sasana, meaning the religion. Kicha, meaning duties. And Dhara, meaning to protect or to sustain. Like the Sila Dara, the name for the, for the nuns community is those who protect or uphold, who cherish the Sila. And that, that word really, really stuck in my mind because this is a, uh, saying how this kind of title, this kind of role, uh, it's say, its value is in uh, the degree to which you are a sasana kichadara, how much you uphold the duties of the, the religion, how much you sustain the values of the Buddha sasana. And uh, as I was reflecting on that, you know, I hadn't heard that, that expression before, uh, vipula sasana kichadara. But uh, what came to mind uh, as... Uh, an example of how you uphold the religion, how you uphold those duties, is a, a, a small collection of qualities described by the Buddha called the Saraniya, the six Saraniya Dhammas. The six, these are wholesome qualities, noble qualities, qualities that lead to harmony and to, to well-being. And these are something that uh, in the monastic community we are encouraged to reflect upon, but they apply equally. I feel to the the lay community, and if if all of us really want the uh, the religion, the sasana, to be sustained and to uh, to develop and to be of benefit to uh, our, ourselves, to our families, to the society around us, to the planet itself, then these are are uh, something to reflect upon. Uh, I know some of us are allergic to lists. That as soon as you get a list, one, two, three, four, five, six, you go, oh, switch off. But I feel this is a very useful collection of qualities. The first three are, are all related. Uh, the first three are, it's uh, your, your duty or your training uh, to sustain 
physical acts, verbal acts, and mental acts of loving kindness towards the people that you live with. So that's uh, these, uh, the first three, half of these six Saraniya Dhammas is to make the effort to act in ways that are filled with loving kindness, to speak in ways that are filled with loving kindness, and even more challenging, to think in ways that are, are filled with loving kindness, and that um, that is, uh, say, uh, setting the ground for us in, in terms of our, our attitude and the way that we relate to the people in our family, in our monastery, the workplace, on the street, on the, the M1, the M25, the North Circular, <laughs> the Tube, whatever, uh, as our, our place of, uh, of dwelling and living, and also in relationship to the world, in the political si uh, situation that we have now, not just in the UK, but uh, around the world, it's very easy to dwell on uh, complaint, irritation, uh, negativity, fear, worry, uh, blaming, uh, taking one side against another, and then the heart being drawn into conflict. Uh, in the family, you know, I'm a Buddhist monk, so my family is really the Sangha, the, the nuns and monks. Uh, this is my, we're kind of uh, Sakya Putta, Sakya Ditta, sons and daughters of the Buddha. But I also have a biological family, and I know that it's not always easy to get along, even when there's only two or three of you. <laughs> that uh, we easily argue with each other, we find fault with each other. So if we really want the sasana to be sustained and to continue to be a blessing to the world, to, to be a kichadara, to look after those duties that sustain the sasana, then making that effort to dwell in an attitude of loving kindness. Loving kindness doesn't always mean being nice. You can be quite um, straightforward. It doesn't always just uh, being a kind of... Um, sweet and sugary, like uh, Lumpur Sumedha would often say, it's not a matter of thinking pink. So it's not, you know, sometimes we have to say things that are painful to hear, just like the Buddha uh, pointed out. Sometimes in speaking the truth and speaking something that is valuable, you have to say things that are, are painful to someone. Just like a dentist's job is to help people's teeth, but helping people's teeth involves uh, causing them pain. There's probably a few dentists here. <laughs> That's part of the part of the uh, uh, the process. So when we talk about sustaining loving kindness in thought, in word, and in action, then uh, that's uh, using uh, our quality of mindfulness and wisdom to guide that wholesome, friendly attitude. And when we we uh, uh, when we need to be sweet and kind and a bit pink, then that's good. If we need to be a bit sharp and pointed and uh, and not pink, <laughs> then we can do that too. Just like when uh, if you're a parent, I'm sure there's many parents here. When your three-year-old says, "I want ice cream for breakfast," you know, because you love your child, you say, "No, no ice cream for breakfast." Not because you hate your child. Even if the child says, "You don't love me," if you love me, you give me ice cream for breakfast. It proves you don't you don't love me. And then, the, uh, again, not just being sweet and nice, you say, I love you very much, but no, no ice cream for breakfast. <laughs> so uh, that, those qualities, that attitude, is something that we need to work on. It's work we need to do, moment by moment, especially when we're afraid, when we are worried, when we are 
confused, when we're angry, then it's, it's more difficult. But if we have a heart of loving kindness, then we can have a, uh, an attitude of acceptance uh, that, uh, and to be ready to work with those feelings of, of fear, insecurity, aversion, confusion, and so on. The fourth one of these Saranya Dhammas is to share what you have. So in the, in the teaching that the Buddha gives to the Sangha, he says, even sharing the food in your bowl, if you, if you uh, see that there's some, you've been given something in your bowl that, uh, that your friend, uh, you know, oh, uh, uh, Tanjo Kun, he really likes Uh, what would he like? Goideo. Uh, <laughs> he said, oh, uh, I've been given some goideo, uh, uh, but I, I forgot to give, I forgot to offer it to, to Tanjaku Maharao. Oh dear. Oh, that would have been really nice to share that with him. Oh, okay, next time I will remember. There's a wonderful picture, a photograph of uh, when... Uh, uh, Somdet Prasangara, the, the former uh, Somdet Sangaraja, uh, Somdet uh, uh, Sangwon, he went to go and, and visit to pay respects to his old Kalyanamitta, uh, Lumputet, uh, Wat Himapeng, uh, uh, in one of the branch monasteries where Lumputet was living when he was very old. They were both about 80 or 90 years old, and there's a wonderful photograph of uh, Somdet Prasangara hand, handing a pranam, a sweet, to Lumputet. These kind of these most highly revered senior monks, you know, completely beyond any kind of sense desire. But some Prasangara says, "Oh, I remember Tantate. He really likes these." You know, offering him a, you know, a, 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 a some peanut brittle or a piece of sweet sticky rice, and it's the most touching thing because that's what the Buddha said. Even to the the uh, degree of sharing the contents of your own alms bowl, share what you have. So uh, now in the world, we have a, in uh, many countries, we have a lot of abundance. We have many things. We have a, a good food supply, good medical supplies, good places to live, good shelter, good water. Straight in England, straight from the tap. In the UK, you can drink straight from the tap. Other countries, not so fortunate. But if we have a lot or a little, wherever we are, it's important to be ready to share whatever you have. Uh, and to uh, because the the opposite of Buddha Dhamma is me first, <laughs> yeah. The I've got mine, or what the, uh, uh, or what uh, Ajahn Virodhamo used to call uh, the Jack system. Like, you know, I'm all right, Jack. I've got mine. So that's uh, that's the complete opposite of Buddha Dhamma. The 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 attitude of Buddha Dhamma is uh, yeah. I've got I've got some. Oh, who can I share it with? And I, I remember many years ago. Uh, one of the Farang monks, uh, Ajahn Jagaro, uh, who was the, the head, was the Jawat, of the abbot of Wat Bananachat at one point, when he was a, a young monk, he went on Tudong one time. And um, uh, he was uh, walking through a, a village on Tudong, and one of, of the local people offered him a, a bottle uh, of Pepsi. And uh, uh, he uh, uh, he didn't want to, to drink it, he, uh, and so he gave it to one of the village children. And um, the, uh, he gave it to this, this uh, little girl, and then <clears throat> she uh, immediately sort of turned around and started looking for her friends. And, uh, and he said, aren't you going to drink it? And she said, and she just looked at him like, 
well, I want to share it. And the look on her face, it had a very, he spoke about this in many Dhamma talks. So the look on her face was like, why would I drink it myself? What a strange thing to do. And her first thought, you know, from a poor Isan village girl, you know, maybe had seen a, had a bottle of Pepsi you know, a couple of times a year if she was lucky. Her first thought automatically was, oh, great, I can share this with my friends. So uh, this is an attitude that we can have in our life and will bring many blessings to us and to our families to notice that feeling of me first, you know, I've got mine. And to say, yes, well, that's a thought. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Put you over there. And, uh, okay, who can I share this with? Who, who else might need something? Why, why should I get my preference? Uh, I, can, I can share this. And not just food or, or material objects, but uh, our time, our attention, uh, not just being lost in looking at your phone. Sometimes nowadays we find ourselves in a room. There's six people all looking at their phones. So, we don't talk with each other. We don't even share time. We don't share each other's company. Often we're all just sitting there looking at our iPad or our phone, and lost in our own little luminous rectangle, <laughs> lost in our own little universe. So to, uh, to share what we have is to share our attention, to share our time, to share our goodwill. So then the fifth one is to keep the precepts, to as a genuinely cherish the, the, the sila, because these are not just so words that we repeat on a Saturday or a Sunday when we come to the Wat, but they are like your, um, your guide for life, how to live happily. At the end of the five precepts, it says, silena sukatinyanti, silena poga sampata, silena nibutinyanti, tasma silang viso dhaye. Sila is the source of sukati, of happiness. Sila is a source of bhoga sampada, abundant wealth. doesn't mean you'll win the lottery, but it means you'll be really content with whatever you have. <laughs> you'll be happy with what's, what you have and have a sense of fullness. Silena nibutinganti. Sila leads towards peacefulness, nibuti, peace, coolness. Therefore, let sila be purified. So, if we... Uh, look after our actions, our speech. We live in a way that is harmless, that is honest, that is noble and responsible. Then we feel uh, self-respect. The people, good people, are drawn to us. Uh, we sleep easily at night. We don't have a lot of regrets. We don't uh, feel self-critical because we haven't done anything worth criticizing. It's a very radical approach to psychotherapy. It's what I call behave, Buddhist behavior therapy. If you don't do regrettable things, you don't have to regret having done them. If you, don't if you don't swear at people, you don't lie to people, you don't steal things, you don't cheat, you don't have to worry about being caught. You don't have to worry about someone attacking you back. You don't have to, to worry about uh, the, uh, being caught by the authorities <laughs> because you've got nothing to hide, nothing to regret. So uh, the, uh, the five precepts, the Buddha also called the five great gifts, the Mahadana. And why would he call them gifts? Because usually we think of precepts as don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Like, no, 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 no. Definitely don't. Number five, definitely. Yeah, no drinking. No, 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 no. So why would the Buddha call the five precepts the five great gifts, the Mahadana? Because, uh, he said, they, they give a freedom from anxiety. 
a freedom from fear, a freedom from distress, from dukkha, uh, both for yourself and for the people that you live with. If people that you're working with, the people in your family, the people that you're around, if they know that you're not going to cheat them, that you're not going to lie to them, you're not going to flirt with them uh, inappropriately, you're not going to hurt them, then they can relax around you. When you walk in the room, they're not going to put their handbag under the chair. You know? They don't have to kind of lock the cupboards when you come to visit. Oh, you can, they can trust you. There's ease. So this is called abhayadana, the giving of fearlessness. So rather than thinking of the precepts as no, 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 you can think of them as gifts both to yourself and to others. And the last of the saraniya dhammas uh, is what is called sustaining uh, insight or sustaining the, uh, uh, the quality of wisdom, sustaining the insight that is noble and liberating. So this is to keep remembering everything is uncertain. Things that we believe, it's not a sure thing. Our plans, not a sure thing. Like uh, last uh, Thursday, July the 25th, I, uh, I literally, uh, I, a couple of days before, I had thought, this is great. I haven't got to, to be away from Amravati for a single night for the whole rains retreat. Great. I've managed to avoid all commitments outside the monastery for the whole three months. Yes! My nair. It's not a sure thing. So then, next thing you know, I'm on a plane to, to Bangkok. So, and, and nobody knew that the, the, the new king was going to give these uh, honors on his birthday. It was completely unknown. I, I guess people who prepared the ceremony knew, but uh, and none, no one in the public, no one, none of the monks in Thailand that I spoke to, they didn't know. So it was completely out of the blue. So life is like that. So this sixth saraniya dhamma is to sustain the quality of wisdom, to look, to look at things in terms of anicca, dukkha, and anatta. So oftentimes people think, dukkha, yeah, I know dukkha, ow, pain, hurts. Yeah, this is dukkha, I understand. Dukkha, not getting what you want, dukkha. That's not too difficult to understand. Anicca, yeah, you can see. All things are changing, they're uncertain. They are, uh, they are in a, a constant state of, of flux, our thoughts, our feelings, the world, even a building like this, constantly changing. But anatta, am I supposed to believe I don't exist? How does that work? But uh, I feel the best way of understanding and the most useful day-to-day practical way of understanding anatta is, as Lumpur Sumato put it, don't take your life personally. So when you succeed, like you get, get given a prize or a title like this, rather than thinking, hey, chakun rak. Yeah. Yeah. Look, at, look at me. Yeah. That is called stupidity. That, that's foolishness. But if you, uh, if you see that, well, uh, the these, these honors are uh, a, a custom uh, to be given in Thailand. Other Buddhist countries have their own kind of honors. And if you've lived in a certain way and you've, you've uh, made certain efforts, then it's natural for those kind of, of uh, uh, say, customs of recognition, those gestures of recognition to come towards you. It's not a personal thing. Or at the other end of the spectrum, if you, if you get a horrible disease, 
uh, think, why did this happen to me? You know, how could this be? You know, and you say, well, uh, why do you think that you're... And this sometimes happens, at, there are probably quite a lot of doctors here. Sometimes a doctor will, will come and say, I can't understand it. Yeah, I'm, I have a good diet, I keep really fit. You know, I, yeah, I'm only 68, how come I've got cancer? I'm a doctor. And the, the, I've had this conversation with a few different visitors, maybe some of you here. <laughs> I say, well, do you think the hospitals are just for the other people? Oh. <laughs> we're all in the same boat. You know, we get illnesses because we're born. If we don't, we don't see, what, what did I do wrong? Or what's, why should this happen to me? Or this isn't fair. Then this is taking our life personally. Or if we have a feeling of anger, Sometimes we can think like, I've got a terrible anger problem. I'm such an angry person. I shouldn't be angry. We relate, we relate to it as if we invented anger, as if it's somehow a personal property. But we have a mind, we have a body, we have human emotions. So from time to time, anger will arise. You didn't invent it. You experience it. It's a part of nature, just like it was sunny and now it's cloudy. <laughs> There's nighttime and there's daytime. So, uh, this was the title of the last book that Lumpur Sumato published was Don't Take Your Life Personally. And I think that's one of the most wonderful statements. So, I would say, memorize that, put it on your fridge, <laughs> make a t-shirt, you know, put it over your mirror. Yeah. Don't take your life personally. Because when we see life from a Dhamma-centered perspective or a nature-centered perspective, then it changes everything. It doesn't mean to say that anger is good or that we don't feel, uh, say, pleased when we are praised or we're, we're um, say, people express love uh, and appreciation for us. That feels good. If people are angry and they are uh, aggressive towards us, it feels painful, of course. But what we are doing is we are able to see that uh, these are natural patterns of the world things that arise within our life, within the world around us, within our hearts, it doesn't have to be seen personally. And when the mind doesn't stops seeing things in a personal way, you don't hold on to that I-me-mind perspective, then we're able to work with praise and, and criticism, gain and loss, happiness and, and unhappiness, with a mind that is really even uh, and easy, and then we can respond to situations in a, a skillful way. So uh, the, uh, the, this little um, Samojaniyakata is only supposed to be a few minutes, but uh, I've been on solo retreat for three weeks and I haven't done much talking, so uh, <laughs> I'm a talkative kind of a bloke, so uh, I will draw it to a close there and offer these thoughts for your consideration. But I would, uh, before I close, I'd like to particularly thank uh, Kun uh, Sumali and Kun Rachani, the uh, flower Davis, where are they? Somewhere here. They left. Okay. They did this amazing uh, flower arrangements. Took them two days to make. Not just the peacocks, but uh, around here in the the entranceway and the sala and uh, around. So amazing uh, offering. Beautiful uh, way to say honor the triple gem on this occasion. And uh, also, I'd like to express my my gratitude for Lumpur um, been our resident Mahatera, he's the abbot of what Tamsang Pet, um, the Sakai.
so the fifth of the branch monasteries of Wat Bapong, so one of the very early branches, and uh, uh, he finished building his Upositor Hall at uh, Wat Tamsang Pet uh, and had a ceremony in January, so we were very, very uh, glad to welcome him here to spend the, the Vasa, the Pansa, so he could have a good long rest. Uh, also, um, Venerable uh, Sila Vimala, the, uh, the abbot of the London Buddhist Vihara, I'm very, very honored. His weekends are are extremely filled with uh, obligations. So I'm honored that you came, Bhante. Thank you so much. And Tancho Kunra, Mahalal, Vajja Panyavite, Vajja Panyavite, Vite Panyakun. They change, you know. Vite Panyakun, Vite Panyakun for coming from uh, his monastery in Kings Bromley in the Midlands and bringing a, a large group of his Sangha to come and visit to see Amravati and to see how we do things here. Also, uh, Tanajan Kuruniko, thank you so much for coming, Ajahn, the abbot of, uh, of Jittaviveka Monastery, the almost ex-abbot. He, is, uh, he will be ret- stepping down from the role of abbot of Jawawat at the end of the, uh, the Pansa, uh, after the Katina, he will step down, and Ajahn Ahingsako uh, will take the, on the uh, the role of uh, being abbot, and then Ajahn Kuruniko will have a good long rest. <laughs> Some undisclosed location, I think. <laughs> and uh, also um, uh, Pratnikon and Tatmaha um, Basukon from Wat uh, Buddha and from Wat Buddha and and all the other bhikkhus who have, have come. Also very glad to see uh, Ajahn Chittapala came up quite by chance, I'm sure, this weekend from Chittaviveka. So thank you. For, she is the senior nun at uh, Chithas Monastery. And so I'm very glad there's been this uh, gathering of the Sangha and all of the lay community. So particularly everyone who's lent a hand today creating all these Beautiful flower offerings and the uh, the water pouring and so forth. So anumodana to to you all, and uh, say uh, whatever I have uh, offered in terms of teachings uh, or as a, an example. Then please take what is useful. Whatever I have offered in way of teachings or, or example that is not useful, then please just leave it aside. We'll we'll tidy up afterwards. So please. Uh, uh, Say, uh, receive my anumodana uh, on this occasion, and I will try to live up to the honor that has been bestowed and to do the best that I can for all of you. Thank you.